Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Cox ATA Martial Arts, Faruja Mechanical, and Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More proudly bring to you the reigning undisputed radio tag team champions of the world, the Captain Joey Savage, Corey DLG, we are Nerd Thug. Radio. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're listening to us on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Sister stations. Worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Check out NerdThugRadio.com and interact with us at Facebook.com backslash NerdThugRadio or on the Twitter at NerdThugRadio. Did I get all the sponsors right that time? You did. Yes. It's it's sort of weird how you handle the money and then you don't know who to say. Yep, I'm the money man. I I don't I don't know why you're proud of that. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. <laughs> That's true for the Captain Joey Savage. I hated I hated wrestling this week. I didn't even write a write up for it. I hated None? it so much. I was so disappointed in everything. <laughs> yeah, I heard the, the the raw was not good. Although there was some exciting news this week in wrestling. You just quickly make that announcement. Yeah, we can do that. Like uh, they finally announced the start date for uh, all elite wrestling. wrestling on the TNT October second. October deuce. Do you like uh, a Wednesday date? I do. You think it goes Monday, Tuesday, WWE, and then people are just gonna naturally go Wednesday? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, okay, WWE is not like the actually the ratings are have been going up the past couple months. I mean, past couple weeks. Yeah, they've but, they started to spike up a little, but they're the top dog, right? Like you wouldn't. You wouldn't create a new football league and then come in and like air your opening day on a Monday night. No, no, I agree with that. Right? But wouldn't you? I guess this really just boils down to like television habits. Is Wednesday a good day for TV? Is it better than a Friday or a Saturday? Oh, I think it's better than a Friday or Saturday. I think the the paradigm Cause, of because uh, NBA has put games on Fridays forever. Yeah, I mean sporting events I think are one thing, but I think the that's paradigm what I think. of of TV watching has shifted so much where. Early '90s, like Friday nights, were TGIF. Huge. Yeah, that Friday was family nights comedy huge. nights. Yeah, Saturdays were still huge nights for TV. But now, the busier society has gotten, you know, a lot of the weekends are consumed with stuff. I think Wednesday's a great night. Um, they will be, they'll be still be going up against uh, the NXT brand WWEs on Wednesdays. Well, but only for streamers. Streamers. However, now WWE's like, well, maybe we should just put NXT on Fox and we'll just compete directly with them. Um, it's not going to happen. I like that it's on Wednesday. And not Thursday, because Thursday is becoming more and more like of a weekend type thing. But then you've got now, I remember back in the day, SmackDown was on Thursday. Yeah, and it was Monday and Thursday. And now they bumped up to Tuesday, so you're back-to-back wrestling. Well, now it's just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. There's no, like, break in the middle, and then, oh, let's go back. Like, it's going to be fresh in everybody's mind. Like, it's not a big thing people think about, but, I mean, it's it's there. When you're thinking wrestling, oh, I got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of wrestling, you don't forget about it. Like in a, the mindset, the, the dumb mind of, uh, of America. Like repetition. Repetition, 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 repetition. You like how I did that? I, I do think the idea that following SmackDown is smart, but the reason I asked the question is because I'm pretty sure SmackDown's going to move to Fridays on Fox is what I've been reading. Really? Yeah. I, I, don't, I haven't looked at that. So it's going to be Monday Night too, Raw. Because when you it's on TNT, yeah. obviously. Uh, NBA is big on TNT. Yes, it is. And when do they do most of their games? Like Tuesday, Thursday, Friday? Early, early. I don't remember now the specific days. I think, it, I think those were the dates. I think Wednesday night was one of the nights they either didn't run basketball. I could be totally wrong. But yeah, you know, I, off the top of my head, I don't recall which. I know Friday night was ball night a lot of times. Yeah, I remember um, like Tuesdays or Thursdays one of the nights because you don't want to take 
the NBA, which is like your probably your biggest property for for sure. Well, yeah, it's definitely the thing they've spent the most on. For and sure. then be like, hey, we're gonna bump your Wednesday night programming for this new wrestling thing. But it's still gonna be cool, man. Once a week, t- uh, all Elite wrestling. Finally, we have been speculating. For I think a long Wednesday might have been on ESPN. Now that I'm thinking about so it, that works great. For, yeah, for for TNT. For TNT yeah, um, yeah, man. It's uh, we've been kind of speculating they'd be going to TNT. We didn't know when. Uh, it's been announced. The promo thing was pretty cool. They released the video. Yeah, um, you can check it out on our Twitter page. I, uh, I shared it. I shared it there. Um, but yeah, pretty cool news there. But yeah, you're right with the. Uh, all the legends coming back. It wasn't like as grandiose as people imagined. No. But then I also read that they couldn't get a lot of uh, physical clearance for some of those guys to do stuff. To even be in the ring. Like they could be there, but they couldn't do like it. do any like, like take any bumps. Like Rikishi was there with this with his boys. <laughs> yeah, I saw. And he was supposed to like stink face them afterwards, but like they couldn't get the the clearance, so he couldn't couldn't do anything. <laughs> Just, okay, he's there. <laughs> I didn't realize Alicia Fox was even like a legend either. She's a legend now. Is I mean, that what's going part, on? Yeah, like she she was part of the whole like dig like the 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 promo art and stuff. Um, you did nothing special. Like, get off my TV. You annoy me. Do you think it's because they don't want to use her as an active wrestler? Probably. I mean, if they can't trust her to show up sober, probably. Um, that's a rough one. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the whole thing was kind of lame. Although, so Steve Austin there at the end, he cuts a really kind of heartfelt promo. Yeah, and then he gets a little emotional about it, and he's hanging out with everybody. And, like, he sort of, like, half tells a bunch of stories. People were mad that he didn't just start stunning everybody. I, I almost, when he when he cut the music, it was like, how much time do I have left? I really thought he was about to stun, like, six people. Have you seen the uh, the video footage after it went off the air? Uh-uh. Like, I guess he got pretty tipsy, like, chugging all those brewskis. And so, like, people start clearing the ring, and he's in there, and he's just, like, running the ropes. Like, <laughs> just back and forth, back and forth, like, nonstop. <laughs> like, look, it's drunk Steve Austin running the ropes. I think he just didn't want to get out of a ring. Honestly, oh. I mean, he hasn't been in a ring since the uh, the WrestleMania thing five or six years ago. It's been a while. Um, it's been a while. But um, some of those guys look okay, and some of them don't. Uh, when DX and the Click come out there, so yeah, it's yeah. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, uh, X Pac, uh, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H, and yep. the Road Dog. By the way, where was B.A. Billy Gunn? He couldn't make the flight? No, he probably turned it down. You know, he's he's doing stuff with All Elite Wrestling. And, oh, is he? Um, and that is stuff. awkward. You're right. I forgot about that. Billy Gunn is with them. But, like, Rob Van Dam was there, right? Yeah. And, like, he's on TNA. Or yeah, but Impact. I don't think WWE has any concern about Impact Wrestling. I don't no, think they're... You guys are on Twitch? Yeah, no worries. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Oh, you guys are still existing? All they do, they do probably have, like, one of the top two female wrestlers in the entire world but that's all they got but like i don't even think i think if someone at wwe had said impact wrestling is going on i think they would have been like no it's not no no what are you talking about they're not on tv they're on twitch right yeah those are just replays so who who didn't look good on the uh so scott hall well you know now granted he's been through the ringer yeah and he's trying to get back to it through the ddp yoga stuff so how he looked this time is a hundred times better. Uh, yeah, than they like the raw. Remember they did like that raw twenty fifth anniversary thing. Yeah, like, like that was like two years ago, right? Did it from like the ballroom and from Madison or not Madison Square, but the uh, yeah, yeah, the, ball, the, the Hammerstein ballroom. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, and from wherever, and like he was there. Like he looks a hundred times better than that. That was like a year, a year and a half ago. No, he really does, but it just like. He was the last guy in the ring, and it took a minute, yeah. and he's just kind of holding back while they're all doing everything. I wish he had a scooter. He could just, like, scoot it down there. And it <laughs> looked like he, it would have been comfortable for him. Uh, Kevin Nash, though, looked really good. Yeah, he does look good. That guy, that guy's stayed in shape forever. He's in a lot of movies now, though, too. He does movie stuff, and he's real big with the whole uh, 
DDP yoga thing was kind of like that's really rejuvenated tons of like these old guys. Well, yeah, because they have no fitness regimen. No, like it's funny because when they do the documentaries and stuff, you see like Jake the Snake was like, "Yeah, I was drinking like twenty two beers a day and sitting watching TV." It was like, "Yeah, you were gonna die." Yeah. And then they're like, "It's weird. Once I'm doing some sort of fitness, like I feel a thousand times better." And it's like, oh. "Yeah, because you were gonna die." I mean, I feel the same way. Like <laughs> I don't even. Uh, oh God. I don't even do. <laughs> Like, when I eat Chinese food once a week, I feel like crap. Yeah. It's like, man, I need to get better. Then I do, like, walking. I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. When they show the – I just – I always laugh at the Jake the Snake one because it was so obvious he wasn't taking – like, and I get it. Like, listen, I'm not trying to, like, belittle the whole thing. I need to get in shape. I need to do some fitness. I'm not not trying to belittle any of that. But when they sit there and they show the difference between the two and it's like – it's because, first of all, as wrestlers, these guys never took care of themselves anyway. No, they it weren't. was painkillers and steroids and working out as much as possible. Yep. And it was on and the road, bumps. 250 days Taking out of the nasty year. Nasty bumps in the ring, just huge, hitting the face with guitars and yeah. going through tables and all kinds of craziness. Right. So now they're 55 and they're very uncomfortable and they don't want to move around. And so, like in Jake the Snake's case, he's just chugging beer, watching Days of Our Lives. Like, what do you think is going to happen to your body at yeah. that point? And then. I mean, that's what I do with my body, and it's breaking down. Well, and then you turn around, and you're like, yeah, it's weird that now that I'm doing this yoga, I feel a thousand times better. And it's like, no joke. You're actually doing something. Yeah. It's weird how if you had a exercise regimen that you did every day, and you weren't drinking, it's weird how that really helps you. Yeah, very weird, right? Although it is odd that DDP is the guy who did it all, right? Yeah, he it, started it. It's weird to me because he started wrestling at 40. Yeah, he started late, way late, way way late. He was a bouncer at a bar they all used to party at, is what someone told, is what someone has said before. And he got a late start, became a fan favorite, and then uh, that means he was like forty five on Nitro. I didn't realize that. I'm gonna double check his age when we when we even even again. if he was like thirty eight. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, because I mean, we'll look at like Finn Balor, right? Like, so yeah, I been, didn't realize he's that old. He's been wrestling for a while, but like now that he's on the mainstay of WWE, like he's in his early forties. I didn't realize that. You know, and people are like, "Oh, and AJ Styles is the same way." Like these guys are, they've been doing it for so long, but, but they been, actually take care of themselves. Yeah, they, well, it's been a bit of different stuff that happened uh, in the early two thousands as opposed to what was going on in the eighties and the nineties. That's 90s. true. Also, definitely, even the indie guys. Like, okay, it's indie and it's kind of quote unquote unprofessional, and even if you're wrestling three shows in a weekend, that's still not as many appearances as WWE stars make. So when these guys come to the WWE, even late 30s, early 40s, they don't have the the same wear on their tires and the bumps that the WWE guys have taken. Well, also, you know, we we know several indie wrestlers. uh, We're friends with them. uh, Follow tons of them on social media. Like, those guys put in work outside, like the, the cardio, the weightlifting, which... 80s, 90s guys weren't doing that. No, but even, but I'm, but I mean, even now, so yeah, like if yeah. you're a WWE guy and you're uh, NXT does a lot less stuff, but like let's say you're above NXT, but not you're let's not, say you're BC somewhere yeah, in that yeah, range, yeah. you're making 200 appearances. Yeah, because you're doing the little house shows and all that. Kind yeah, of stuff. and meanwhile, Finn Balor, even when he was an indie guy, was doing 60 a right, year. And some of these, um, these indie guys, they're probably doing two shows a weekend: a Saturday, Sunday, maybe a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe just Friday, Saturday, but you're still doing, okay, 100 shows a year, making about the same as the guy who does 220. Uh, it depends on how big you are. Like, some of those some of those guys don't make, they make maybe 25, 50 bucks a show. Like there's, right, but they at least get to sell their merch and blah, yeah. blah, blah. They're still not making as much as the WWE guys. No, no, no you're right, and there's health insurance. That's true. That's so, true. 
All right, let's jump out to a break. When we get done, we're, that's our wrestling for the day, and uh, we'll talk some more nerdy stuff. You are listening to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs> The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio... Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. Woo! Let's talk about my friend, the Nerd Ninja, over at Cox ATA Martial Arts. Okay. What do you want to tell me about him? I want you to go key out. Let me try oh. At Cox ATA Martial Arts. Kia. Hiya. Uh, as the leader of ATA Martial Arts in North Houston, he has two locations uh, for everyone listening to this radio show. You can get there. Because there's one in Conroe. And there's one in Magnolia. I like it. Pretty much covers it all. It does. It does. Um, they uh, teach self-defense classes. They teach the art of Taekwondo. They've got the Tai Chi. They've got um, all kinds of classes, and they, they divide them like by age group as well and skill level. So you won't, if you're brand new, if you're like Corey and you're 35, about to be 36 in less than two months, and oh you uh, want to go learn Taekwondo, but you don't want to have to get in the ring with black belts, well, there's people your age. Your skill set, you can train with, and you can come up to, through the ranks together. So they're retired black belts from Taekwondo when they were eight? Yes, they are. Okay. All right. um, so go see Mr. Cox. If you mention Nerd Thug Radio, he'll give you two free weeks of training. Yeah. Because at Cox ATA Martial Arts, we teach life skills, we build leaders, and we leave. A legacy. I got it right that time. You did. I've been doing my homework. I look at you. I'm proud of you. So, you know, I run the um, Conroe Savage Baseball Association. True. We are a nonprofit. We True. Are, we just we tripled in size from one season to the next. But, like, to have a nonprofit, you have to have a mission statement. Yeah. So I just, like, copied off of, like, his mission Did statement. You, you build leaders, you leave a legacy? No, no legacy. Oh, but, like, okay. we, we build leaders, we teach life skills, and then I forget the third part of it. <laughs> Something about, like, developing young people in the community or something like that. Alex Savage is like, we need a mission statement. I was like, you know what? Mr. Cox is a great one. Let's just piggyback off of that one. It is a good, man. It really, it really is. is. It's a great little logo. Uh, what do they say? Um, blah, blah, blah is the sincerest form of flattery. Imitation. Oh, imitation. Yeah, yeah. So good job, Mr. Cox. So you're flattering him by being him? I'm better than him. You know, I keep knocking him out in these poker tournaments. That's I'll true, man. Again. No, he's a really good player. Like, he's... I, I like I like his style of poker because it's very similar to mine. It's the grinder mentality. Yeah. You know, like if you've – people listening, this is going to go by in about two minutes because you're not there. But, like, for all the guys that are there playing cards will understand it. Like, me nor Mr. Cox have really won any of the tournaments, but somehow we're in the top four. Like we just, All the time. We're, we're always there. Right. And he's he's, he, he's very similar to I. Um, but you were, I did something new this week. What would you do? I uh, began watching Doom Patrol. Okay. I bought right. the Fire Stick, so now I can get the DC app uh, on my Fire Stick, so I can watch it on a TV and not a uh, phone or a laptop. Okay. What did so, you think? Uh, it's pretty good so far. It's different. It's quirky. Um, it's TVMA for show. Have you seen any of it yet? Uh, no. I know there's a scene where this guy can flex a muscle and cause reactions in people, 
and he accidentally flexes a muscle that causes a mass orgasm I in the middle of a like a town square. I haven't gotten to that part yet. So be 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 ready. Be That's aware. coming. Like Brendan Fraser is is in it. Oh yeah, and yeah. Like, he's the robot man. Yeah, but he's like a retired. It's like the pilot's like flashbacks, and like he's a NASCAR driver. <laughs> he's banging his like mistress. <laughs> like this is very hardcore DC stuff. Never would have saw this in the movies. So they so they kind of they went their own way there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little Umbrella Academy esque. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty good so far. I, I will say, um, I am. Thoroughly enjoyed that I started the series, so we will see how it continues to play out. I mean, there's not a whole lot of... There's only, what, 10 episodes, 12 episodes? 15. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, I was like, oh, there's probably going to be 8. No, there's 15. Like, ugh. But <laughs> it's okay. Did you just get, like, yeah. disgusted with the size of the well, show? I, well, no, because I'm, I'm used... I like the whole Netflix thing where it's like 10 to 12 episodes. Yeah. But, like, you know, because I, I was looking on, on Netflix because... Now, you know, Arrow and Flash and uh, Legends and Supergirl on there. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, when am I going to start this? Like, oh, 23 episodes? Right. And they're like 45 minutes long. It's like, this is a lot of TV binge watching. It is, man. Um, and on top of that, it's... it's. So uh, there was a tweet that someone had made where they basically were like, tweet, 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 tweet. maybe Netflix should... And it, uh, it was, I don't remember what it was along the lines of, but it was essentially it was like complaining that Netflix does a lot of 12 episode shows that. and stuff. I love it. And I was like, um, that's kind of perfect because they can spend a lot of money. They could bring in high level talent. Plus people can watch the show in a weekend. They can come back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday talking about the show. Yeah, yeah. And it's viral. It, like it grows everything virally. Like it's really the, the perfect show length. For these streaming services. Right, because when you're... So there's a different mentality set up, I guess, right? So if I'm... If I was the type of person that watched it on a weekly basis, um, I, I'm okay with it being 24 episodes because that's 24 weeks. That's half a year. Right. Almost. Right? right. 52 weeks in a year. Yep. So that's p- close to half a year I'm getting to watch my favorite show, um, which is awesome. I'll go week to week. But when you... This new society of binge-watching... Um, when you look at 24 episodes, like, man, that's a long time. Like, you know, so last year, for instance, I, I watched all these shows. I, cause I watched them uh, on a regular basis. And then once I went, cut the cord and CW no longer. Yeah. And they don't go to the Hulu. They go to the Netflix afterwards. It took me another full year to watch all these shows, which is the same concept, but I'm, I'm always a year behind. Yeah. As opposed but does, to, but it doesn't really matter. Does it, does it matter no, that you're behind? It, it only matters the fact that because of what we do, you see the headlines, I have to do the research. And so I kind of know what's coming. Right. Um, so I don't get that surprise factor. Now I'm still thoroughly enjoying excited it. And I yeah. enjoy the show. Um, you know, it's to me, it's starting to, and this is a, a a weird paradox, but it's starting to become more and more to me like comics um, because of the binge watching. Now I'm behind on stuff. How far behind are you on like normal comics? Oh yeah. I'm, like, I'm, and it's for the first time years. in probably almost 10 years. Am I about to start buying floppies again? Floppies. Floppy, floppy. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably like four years out of doing like the weeklies, but even then there's just, so, there's so much. Um, yeah. There's so many good comics out there, it's hard to keep up. And it's the, kind of the same concept. If you go back, so Arrow's going into season eight. If you go back six years, there's probably only two, maybe three superhero TV shows that, you, that you'd that you want to watch back then. Maybe not even that many. Right. And fast forward today, you've got 
all the DC stuff. Now you've got these three cool shows on the DC network. You know, all the Netflix, like the Jessica Jones and stuff I haven't caught up on. Oh, Agents so, um, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, is coming on. Umbrella Academy. They're about to release Watchmen, The Boys. Like, now I heard there was a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy TV show coming out what? at some point. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot more options. Yes. And so it's real easy to far behind, fall behind. Um, and then there's this whole cool Star Trek stuff that's on some other CBS app that I can't even get a hold of. I have no idea what's going on that I'm missing out on. And they're about to come out with uh, the Star Wars TV show. And now Disney just released all of its, like, network stuff coming out. Like, my head's starting to explode. It's like my TV shows are becoming comics where, like... It's becoming work. Yeah. Like, it's a lot, right? It's, it's a fun, lot, yeah. a lot. <sighs> no, I agree with you. It is a oh. lot. It is a lot. And... Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I mean, for you, and since like you, we do this show. We have to right. keep up with the times. Like, I fell super behind on Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. You caught up, but on the flip side, you haven't seen any of the Netflix like Marvel stuff. No, I'm so far no, behind on no, all no, the Netflix Marvel, and I'm so far behind on all the CW stuff. The CW stuff, you know what? It wasn't that there was so much. What drove me away from the CW stuff, though, was the Arrow became repetitive. So when. <laughs> So it was okay. the the so, Don Dark story or whoever yeah, that guy was. Yeah, Damian Dark. Yeah. I really I like all those shows. Like they're they're fun to watch. But I see we, when you get and this is kind of going back to it, when you're having to do 24 episodes. Right. They can't just shove the story a, along. There's a lot of so uh, bottle episodes. Yeah. It's a big thing, especially like in comedies and stuff. You get a lot of bottle episodes in there um, that don't really do a whole lot, but they've got to fill in a show within a week. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And, uh, 24 episodes to, 24 episodes to do a whole season arc. I think. probably be done in about 12. And that's where I think it'd be more S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing great, right? Found that formula where they started doing these 12-episode arcs. Mm-hmm. Where they were basically just mini-seasons. This one, this this one right here is like 10. Like, there's Well, a, they just finished it. And then now they're into a new story. Like, they just wrapped up the whole thing with Coulson and Sarge. And he was here to stop some sort of invasion thing. On? Yes and no, because they just like they told the. Uh, have, are you caught up? Yeah, I, okay. I, I'm caught up to. We're Collision like, course. It was parts one and two. We're at what? We're about to have uh, one episode, and then the next week is the two hour finale. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'm oh, okay. Done. So I didn't. Re- okay, I thought they were doing a whole new chapter because mm. because like they ran her off, and then Coulson is there, and then at the party they're all hanging out, and then. Uh, it looks like at the end of that episode. Oh, you haven't seen the one after that, then? No, I haven't watched the oh, one after so that. Yeah, yet. you're behind. Okay, because it looks like after that that May Mm-mm. kills Coulson. Nope. And I was like, that is a perfect ending of a chapter. Nope, that is just foreshadowing. Right there, okay, there's a big cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Okay. The whole next episode explains everything that's going on, and now we're getting into a uh, one episode. I think that's going to come out this Friday, and then a two-hour finale the next next week, and then they're done till the next year. And season seven, they say, is going to be the, yeah. the last season. But you're right. Like, they've they done a good job because... Uh, well, think about last season when it was 20 episodes and they did the Ghost Rider, yeah. the LMDs, and then the Hydra. And they did them as chapters. Which still was a great concept because... It was great because it all tied together by the end, it, but it also... But at the same time, you could watch a whole... It was like it was like reading, like, like a graphic novel. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You get... Okay, let me get the Ghost Rider part in. All right, I'm done. Now I can binge watch the LMD stuff and now the ending. And, it all and I also it. think that that, that that fifth season is what saved the show and got of the sixth and seventh season because I feel like the momentum was falling off of that show. It was. So the first two seasons were great. Yes. And then it started 
kind of third was the and then four kind of had nowhere to go and then it just came out of nowhere and it it came up quick and I think part of the reasons one and two were so successful was because they they made mention to and they tied into the to the yeah, movie because stuff going on when did they do was and, Civil War and then they kind of got away from it right was was the uh, was the Hydra thing was that season two, two? I think so because season one was the whole um, yeah you're right season one was the whole it might have been season one and two, and then three was Civil War, and then after that, they stopped making mention of what was going on, and yeah. like it kind of kind of went off the rails a bit. A little bit. Yeah, season one was the one with uh, the guy from Twister. Yeah, it was all the, um, God, what are they called? Inhuman stuff. It's kind of what season one and two were all. No, season two was the Inhumans. Yeah, yeah. Season one was all the S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the robots and cyborgs, and Deathlock. Remember, he's in that. Deathlock. Was that it, Paxton? He died, right? Yeah. But remember the black dude is the one they did in Deathlock, yeah. and then he hasn't really showed up Mm-mm. ever. He's been in like three episodes. Yeah, he's like cameoed here and there. Like, what is he doing with this time? I don't know. J. August Richards. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. All right, let's jump out to a break. When we come back, uh, I have a stunning announcement to make. Oh. You're listening to Nerdly Radio. It's summer, and if there's one thing that people know in Texas is air conditioning is very important. If they're having any issues or want to have their unit serviced or try to save money getting their unit serviced, one option to call is Ferruja Mechanical. Ferruja Mechanical has been serving Houston and the surrounding areas since 1959, and they specialize in heating and cooling repair, system replacements, planned maintenance, and indoor air quality. Make sure to ask about buying the planned maintenance, which comes with two tune-ups, 15% off repairs or replacements, and a guaranteed appointment within 24 hours. Interested parties should call 281-259-3367, 281-259-3367, Ferruja Mechanical, 281-259-3367. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well, and I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. Yay! I'm the Captain Joey Savage. Corey DLG. You're listening to us on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Sister stations. Worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And you can uh, find us at Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio and interact with us. Hey, before you read this ad. Yeah, I'm, I, I also want to talk about this. So let's do the ad and do then the let's do this. Let's, let's talk yeah, a little bit. Uh, 100%. Talk, let's talk like four minutes of sports before I do my uh, announcement. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's summer, and if there's one thing that's obvious in Texas is you're not going without air conditioning in this heat. So if your old outdated system isn't keeping up or you would or you would like to have it serviced for the summer, the trusted name to call is Ferruja Mechanical. Ferruja Mechanical has been serving Houston and the surrounding areas since 1959, and they specialize in heating and cooling repair, system replacements, plan maintenance, and indoor air quality. Make sure to ask about buying the plan maintenance, which comes with two tune-ups, 15% off repairs or replacements, and a guaranteed appointment with 24 hours. Within 24 hours. So call 281-259-3367. 281-259-3367. That's 281-259-3367 at Ferruja Mechanical today. So we're, we're recording and we're watching... Uh, we the, always got something on in the background. So we're watching The Jump on ESPN. Correct. Uh, before that statement made, I, I saw this, that headline, two days ago. Yes. So two days ago, they came out with Forbes. Forbes every year does like the top valued franchises. So the top 10 franchises that are worth the most money in all in, of in sports. sports yes you know what number one was i do the dallas cowboys right? at five billion dollars it's crazy right it doesn't it, 
it doesn't make any sense to me except for as much as the Texans fans are loyal mm-hmm. and the Patriots fans are loyal, Cowboys the Cowboys fans, fans are. are twice as loyal. They are. I can't deny that because even the years where they were awful and like they Quincy Carter's the quarterback kind of situation, their fans were like, 16-0, here we go. Texans fans are like, we might win nine games this year. But Cowboys fans every year are... We're going to the shit, baby. We're, we're going 19-0. We're winning all the way through, and then we're picking up the All-Star game. Like, they don't... And because I think the Cowboys were always, like, America's team for a while... Like, that was the 70s and 80s. And yeah. there's, they're still everywhere. Like, there's tons of Cowboys fans here in Well, in and Houston. also, um, and there's all, I feel comfortable, all of San Antonio. I feel comfortable saying this. The Hispanic population huge, is devoutly Cowboys. Yeah. Devoutly. Um, even here in the Houston area, the ones yes. that have lived here their whole lives. Yeah, they're Cowboys fans. They're still Cowboys fans. Yeah. So the top five, there were, the Cowboys were one team. Worth Texas, $5 billion. Two soccer teams, which I expected to see. Yes, of and course. And the other two teams were from the same city. One, I thoroughly understand, the New York Yankees. But coming yes. in at number five. The, no, number four, aren't they? No, they're number five. Oh, they're number five? Okay. And they are the number number five overall, and they are the... They're worth more than any other NBA team in the yeah, league. Yes. And they are the worst NBA team. And they've been in the, the worst. League. So we talked about this very briefly on the sports show New York uh, last night. The New York Knicks. The New York Knicks, the last time they were relevant, they lost to the Houston Rockets in the finals. Uh, uh, I would say they've been. No, that was 93 94 was the last time they lost the Rockets. Yeah. But. When they had when Car- Carmelo Anthony was there, like they were in the playoffs. At but least. that was that was their first playoff win. That yeah. series was their first playoff win in ten years. But they, were, they didn't go anywhere. Yeah, they were they, least, they won one playoff they were round at least that year in the playoffs. But Melo's no. been gone there for a while, and they haven't done jack. So I would say they've had maybe two good seasons since '94. Maybe so. So you're talking about 25 years of absurd mediocrity. And this offseason was supposed to be their big offseason where they signed the two big free agents and everyone gets excited. Didn't happen. Both the guys would rather go to Brooklyn and play for the Nets than go to New York and play in Madison Square Garden. And the one consistent theme in all that has been James Dolan, that owner. And now that you know that it's the fifth most valuable franchise in all of sports, the Clippers, when they sold a few years ago, and it was under duress, and it had to happen. Steve Ballmer still paid almost $2 billion for them. So you've got to think that the Knicks, James Dolan for the Knicks could probably get $5 billion to walk away. Yeah. The worst team in the NBA. Because they did like the thing that came out too, and it was like, I guess the, the league or the players rate or whatever. And yeah. Like the Clippers are number one. The Knicks are number 32. Nobody, want, nobody, nobody in the NBA respects the Clippers. You got to think the NBA is a young league. It's always a young league. It, players come in at nineteen years old. That means they don't have any memory of the Knicks being any good. They don't have any memory of those Patrick Ewing, John Stark, uh, Charles Oakley days. So, like, there's no. I do. We do, but we're old now. We would, if we were in the NBA right now, every year the GM and the coach would be checking with us if we're coming to the team this year. Are you retiring? Are you coming in? I can only think of. After that team, I can only name four New York Knicks that I can recall. The, I mean, I remember the the team that we're talking about like a few years ago, but it wasn't. I can I can name you Amari Stoudemire. I can name Carmelo so, Anthony. Com- and have, uh, Chauncey actually, Billups came over in that trade. I actually have a New York Knick uh, Stoudemire jersey. I like Stoudemire. You would. You, just, uh, Stoudemire and Phoenix was good. And then uh, Sebastian Telfair. Yes. And uh, Jeremy Lin. That's where like. Jeremy Lin's where, where guys where start. That's where Sanity went. Yeah. Other and that, the only I reason. I can tell you who played for them. 
Um, and uh, Stefan Marbury was supposed to be on that team as well. Wow. That was the Mike D'Antoni team. And Stefan Marbury literally tweeted to the Knicks. He's like, I'm pumped. Let's do this. And the Knicks were like, uh, we don't actually want you to come to work. Stay home. Stay home. We have enough money without you. They waived him, I think, with like one of their CBA things, and that's when he goes to China, where he now has a museum dedicated to him, <laughs> and he is the most successful player in the history of Chinese professional basketball. That's awesome. Stefan Marbury literally has a museum dedicated to him in China. But there you have it. New York Knicks, the worst basketball team. Yeah, it's weird worst, to me how they're worst. worth that much when they have accomplished nothing. And What do you think makes them that valuable? They're in New York. Do you think? But do you think that that's all it is? It's New York. Well, look at the Cowboys too. I mean, the Cowboys. What have they really done since the early nineties? No, and not a lot years. of playoff appearances and all no. that. But the NFL is worth. Like the NFL always yeah. dominates the headlines it's more. The New York Knicks. Do you think that's all it it's is? Just the New- when you think of basketball, when basketball lore, you're always going to think L.A. Lakers, Boston Celtics, New York Knicks. Like, yeah, that's fair. Just you're right. One, no, you're right. You know what's weird is the Chicago Bulls don't come up in that, but then they always want to be like. Yeah, Jordan's the greatest ever, and it's he like, is. well, weird that it doesn't change anyone's mind about the best teams ever. Nope. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So I got I got an announcement to make. All right, what's the announcement? Uh, so uh, end games coming out here in a couple weeks on the the DVD, the digital and stuff. Oh, so uh, I was like, hey guys, it's been ten years of Marvel. Like, let's 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 Marvel movie marathon this. Let's get going. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So we we watching them, trying to watch them not specifically like in release order but like chronological yeah so we did captain marvel okay the other way so we started watching iron man one well they my kids threw a fit like i don't want to watch iron man one blah 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 they get about 10 minutes in and it's like the greatest thing they ever seen yeah what is the problem here's the announcement i forgot both of them are like we don't even remember this movie <laughs> and so i started thinking to myself <laughs> okay well iron man came out 2008 yeah. Sadie wasn't born until 2006? Nine. Nine? She was born after this 2008. movie came out? She was born in 2008. Okay. August 2008. William was born in 11, 2011. So Sadie was born so like, like three months after this movie so came like out. So we've watched it before, but it was they were at such a young age, they don't remember it. Yeah. They don't remember any of like the older ones. So like they are glued to the, the movies, like the TV set, like just watching like and throwing like, oh my, like stuff that I've seen a hundred times. Yeah. And like I'm calling out like lines and what's gonna happen, and they are like, "Stop it!" Like they are so they are in into it. it. Like this is awesome. It's like this is what started everything. Like yeah, this, this is, is this that is, Iron Man one is the one that made all of this possible. Made all of it possible, and so that's my big announcement. Like my kids have never seen Iron Man one, to, and remembered it. That's so weird. It's 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 something you take for granted because I mean. Sadie's uh, about to be 11, so, I mean, for the last, since she was probably, like, eight, she remembers, you know, most everything. Like, we've seen it, or we've, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxies and stuff, like, they've been on the Netflix, but those original ones, like, the first Captain America, the first Iron phase Man. One, the first, phase one, A lot of Phase one. They've never seen. They've seen, but they don't really recall it. Think about this. They got very little wrong when they were casting and planning out Phase one at Marvel. The only thing they got wrong was Rhodey in the very beginning. Right, Terrence Howard. That's it. That's the only thing. Well, and Hulk. Hulk and Terrence Howard are the only two things they got yeah, wrong. they switched up. Yeah. And really, I think they would have kept Edward Norton if yeah. he didn't freak out about the uh, 
if he didn't demand the writing credits. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd have been a great. I th- yeah, I do think Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is a great Bruce Banner. Yes, a great Bruce Banner. Better than I think. Uh, do you think? Edward Norton. Do you think Edward Norton would have? You don't think Edward Norton would have been anywhere near as good in all these scenes? No. Like go like ten years later, and it's the scenes with him and Scarlett Johansson, or the scenes with him no. and Robert Downey Jr. I think way better with Ruffalo. Okay. All right. That's Ruffalo. Fair. You look at Ruffalo. You just he drips nerd. Yeah, no, that's and fair. And that's Bruce Banner. Like, but so does Edward Norton. Edward Norton's got that eh, terrible voice. But every time I see Edward Norton, like, I'm going to think Fight Club. I'm uh, going to yeah, think, like... Yeah, that's true. When I think um, Ruffalo, so do you, it's do you always think it's because stuff. Do you think it's because Ruffalo had never had, like, a big defining role? Yeah. So you could see him as this? Yeah, exactly. Whereas Edward Norton has been characters? Like, Edward Norton, actually, you He's know what? He's a character actor. Well, he, well no, I don't want to call him that because, like, what, I'm, what I, I think that usually means something different. I think that means they play the same person in all their movies. Oh, well, I'm talking about he can play different roles. Yeah, I think I think with Method Edward actor? Norton. Yeah, I think, well, that's sort of. Yeah, that's closer. I think what Edward Norton does is you remember him very distinctly for certain roles, and then that's all you yeah. – like, for me, it's, um, it's the Richard Gere movie. He's uh, – this is, like, one of his first movies. He's this young farm boy – and he may or may not have murdered a priest, and Richard Gere's like a, d- a defense attorney who has to take him pro bono. And as they get further and further into it, you find out Edward Norton has like split personalities. Ooh, nice. It may may be the killer, and now you don't know. And then the very big twist at the very end of it is that he's not split personalities, and he's played everyone the whole time. And Richard Gere gets him off. Like, and at the very end, he's like, "Hey, thanks, Richard. Good job." And you're like, oh my god! It's like the usual suspects. Yeah, it is. It, but this is—I mean, this is, this is super early in the career there. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so every time I see an Edward Norton movie, I have that moment where I'm like, I think it's Primal Fear, or Primal I think, Evil. I think um, Fight Club. Every time I see Edward Norton, every time. It, it's. I think he peaked too early, so now you can't see him as something yeah. like the whole. With Mark Ruffalo, he yeah, you're right. He never had that defining role. And then on the flip side, he. Um, you know, he's he just even the movies he was in drips like soft nerdy guy. Yeah, That's even the one, the one where he does the music thing with Keira Knightley. Yeah, he's very music nerdy. Even though he's kind of a huge drunk loser in that movie. Yeah, That's great. That's kind of my life story. But yeah, those are the only th- <laughs> those are the only two really that when they cast didn't really stick. Like everything else has been pretty spot on and perfect. Yeah, they've done a great job. That's so crazy though. So now I'm excited now as we're getting out of here, getting ready to move into the last segment. As we go through phase one, to like to see the reactions to characters they know, but they don't remember this these is the introduction. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's a cool that's thing. Be man. Really cool. All right, let's jump out to break. When we come back. We're going to wrap up this edition of Nerd Radio. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations: one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children. In senior citizens and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses, be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. Ow! So, uh, let's get this adventure going. Oh, the adventure begins. Comics, games, and more on 1488. 
That's right. They're right there. I want to. I always want to call it Old Conroe. Is it Old Conroe Road? That road right there. Maybe by the shopping strip. Sure. Right there by the Escape Movie Theater. Mm-hmm. Well, Tapped is just opened up right next to them. You need to go hang out at the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More. It's a well lit, clean, family friendly atmosphere. Tons of tables for gaming. They got all sorts of cool stuff going on. When you get in there, you get to go hang out and meet some really cool people who know a lot about this nerd stuff that we're all into. Um, when you go. They got comic books. They got tabletop gaming. They've got all the. They also have the demo games, which is something we love about nerd stores when they have the ability to go play the the nerd games, because some of those can be a bit of an expensive investment. They can. Uh, so when you get to go in there and play those for free and see if you really like them and enjoy them, you get to hang out with people and have a good time. That's a cool place. Well, and, they've got private rooms too, so you can do like parties or. The BYOB stuff on the weekends. Like we're going to do. Yeah, this coming Friday. So tomorrow, actually, they've got stuff going on all day tomorrow. I'm going to try and get out there. I'm not sure if I'm going to. I'm going to try and go all day. Because they've got the Longest Day fundraiser, which helps them smash Alzheimer's. They have two fundraising tournaments, a Mario Kart Deluxe Grand Prix tournament starting at noon, a Super Smash Brothers starting at 6. The entry fee is $10 with all proceeds going to the Longest Day, which is an anti-Alzheimer charity. Uh, they also, they're giving away a cool trophy. There's a pop of your choice as well as $50 in cold hard cash to be won. All of that. And we're going to be out there celebrating Nico's 21st birthday as well as the debut of our clicks event. The kickoff of the hero clicks event adventure comics, games, and more. It begins. (laughs) Um, You're so good at this. It is. Um, it's kind of our, our, our. Giving back to Adventure, they've been such a great partner for us, um, you know, in the last few months. Uh, we're truly trying to get HeroClix going for them uh, there. And so we're doing this little event and try to stir up some stuff, and we'll see what happens. It should be pretty fun. And we also purposely picked uh, Fridays because that's kind of that's a non-HeroClix night around that area, Conroe, North Houston area. None of the other stores are playing clicks on Friday nights. Plus it's BYOB. So it kind of opens it up for everybody. It does. Um, Saturday, they're going to have AMT Guard in-store demoing their nationwide live-action role-playing group. You could build a character, join a new world, and have an awesome time. It's LARPing. So LARPing. I kind of just want to go and see what's up. Because remember from the movie Role Models, mm-hmm. everyone talks about LARPing. These people really do it. They do LARP. Uh, and then Sunday, it's the D&D Juniors Adventurers League. It's semi-monthly. This is for the group. Uh, age 10 to 16. That's your group. No, you can't be around nope, that nope, group. Nope, yep, nope. This is our very first play session, so get in on the ground floor with a level 1 player character. It's only $5 to play, and if you're there and if you're there and you make a $5 purchase, that covers the 5 bucks. You don't have to double spend. Double spend. So all that being said, get out there to comics, games, and more. The adventure begins. That was like the longest ad read uh, we've ever done. I like to deliver value. Value? I deliver value. Quality, not quantity? Is that what we're saying? Um, so, uh, guys, I am sitting here at Nerd Thug Radio in the studio. I've got a special guest with me. Uh, he is a comic writer. He uh, does blogs. Uh, he does freelance stuff. He's got a lot of work under his belt. He just released his new comic, his first one ever, actually, uh, Another Day at the Office. Did I get that right? You did. It's you did. Corey DLG. For a second, when you're like, I'm here with someone special, I was like, man, are we about to interview the dog? Like, what's <laughs> happening here? Uh, so yeah. shout out to uh, my heterosexual life partner. This is a dream that he's had for a long time. Uh, yes. we're now getting a chance to talk about it. It's you know it's all out and official. Um, he has done a one shot issue, which is really good, and I hope that uh, we're gonna I'm gonna I'm just, I'm gonna interview you a little bit. Okay, here, okay? yeah, we're let's do, do a it. quick interview. Let's do it. Um, he has released his first uh, comic book. You've, you've had several projects you've been working on. 
Um, so let's just get down to this interview tactic. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. ready for this fastball of interviewing stuff. I'm ready. What do you got for me? So first, first comic, you got it out there. Yes. Um, I know you've worked on several projects in the past. Uh, what made you decide that this was going to be the project you released first? Um, so this, this one's actually been completed for a few years now and there was never a good space and time to release it. The industry is sort of, I, I want to be really clear about this. I think I'm, I'm not one of those whiny complainy guys when it comes to like, Oh, it's hard to break in or, Oh, so-and-so got a chance and I didn't, that's not, it's not what it's about for me. Um, but when you see some projects that come out and you're, you're like, I think that mine is at least as good as these. Um, so then you start trying to find ways to make it work. And a lot of it is a lot of it. You got to have the freedom to, you got to have a, a good relationship with an editor. And I don't have one of those relationships yet. That hasn't been developed. So correct me if I'm wrong also, because you know, I, I've written some stuff and we've kind of bounced ideas off each other in the past. But when it comes to the comic industry, if you're an artist, it's very easy just to submit some of your artwork yeah, all the publishers will uh, let you show portfolios. But as and a writer, you kind of have to have a done, a fully done project. As or a have writer, on something to even get recognized. Yes, as a writer, a lot of times, what the the I'm going to call it the traditional path is there's work done somewhere. Either you self-publish your own work, which can be a massive financial investment. Very much so. Uh, you're talking about, in order to self-publish, you've got to print, and you got to pay out of pocket to print and things of that nature. And in the past, that was an expensive process. And so that is the thing that has kind of kept me on the outside looking in, is willingness to cross that financial barrier. I've led a very tight, low-income lifestyle where I've never felt like I could... In- I don't, I don't, I don't want to make it like a self-esteem thing where it's like, oh, I wasn't afraid to invest in myself. But it, when you're talking about those levels of money, no, it's expensive. It is expensive, and so if you put it in and you don't at least break it even or get it back, it it can be an uncomfortable like, right? Man, did I just spend eight thousand dollars and to never like I'm uh, to make sixty bucks? Right, like that's a hard it's pill. Not a, it's not a good bet. So this project was something I made, and I when an initial round of publishers eight or nine years ago said no to it. I said, okay, let me, let me put this on the back burner. Let me see what else happens over time. So I've pursued a lot of other things over those years and nothing's ever actually crossed a finish line. Nothing's ever actually gone to pages drawn and things made. So, uh, I recently though was like, you know what, man, like it, it bothers me that no one saw this, that I didn't get the chance to put it out and let people see it. So I, I went on a uh, Reddit and I was basically like, What's the like? What are people doing now with digital books? Because digital has now become a huge thing. Where you're just on your own, you can just make a digital project now. And so, I in my head where I was with this was I said, you know what, man? If I just do as a digital book, maybe that's the way to do this, and just release it digitally and just have people, if they're interested, they can just purchase purchase it that way. So initially, that was going to be the model I went with. Um, I found this website. Uh, we'll name drop them because I'm working with them on this. It's called Kablam.com. And Kablam lets you, after you upload the pages and they work with you on some stuff, um, they'll let you order your own print run. And all you got to do is there's a cost to them and you pay that cost plus shipping. And so from there, I kind of get, you get to name your own price. And they will also set up on Indie Planet where you can buy the hard copies and buy the digital copies. So with that in mind, what I did is I, I went to people and um, I basically said, hey, I'm selling my own comic book now. 
Um, who wants one? Who wants one? So for those who, you know, a lot of people jumped on board. You sold a lot of copies. Uh, you're, We're you're, just under 200 already. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's so been about a week. So for anyone listening who hasn't purchased one or maybe someone you reached out to that uh, said, eh, I don't know, like a day at the office. Uh, give me the quick uh, cliff notes. What is the book about? Yeah, so I've learned I've learned some new lingo. Uh, it's, they're called the elevator pitch, and it's the... If you were talking to a guy in an elevator, you got you 30 got seconds six. to kind of, yep. yeah. The elevator pitch. Yeah, so the elevator pitch is, this is a single-issue story that's a comedy about a cop in a city full of superheroes. And so the idea is, he loves being a cop, but how much work can he actually do in a city that's full of people who fight crime already? And so it's just sort of that setting where everyone has different expectations. It's almost like, oh man, it's the police. But it's not like, oh no, the police, because everyone wants to interact and meet and deal with superheroes. And so they're just disappointed when the police show, show up. Um, and so it, it, it's funny. It's in good humor. Um, you know, I, I, I do get involved in some political conversations from time to time. That's not what this is about. This isn't a statement about police or anything like that. This is a good, fun, age-appropriate lighthearted story so it's a one-shot story so it starts and, and ends like that's if you right. just read the ones the one issue you get you the would, whole you get the whole shebang that's right any plans to continue it or is it another project you want to work on yeah actually um i found an artist uh so that's this was for me this was kind of the launch point uh, of hopefully doing more stuff so the second this was done and i'd kind of run through a whole round of orders from people i then said hey i'm doing this book We've, we've already done about 200 copies in cells. Who wants to come on and, and, and continue this with me? And so I found an artist. Um, we're still finishing up like what we want from each other, what our expectations are. But it looks like we're on the same page, and there will be more issues of another day at the office. Awesome. So you're going to go, you going to keep doing the one shots with the story or are you going to turn it into like arcs? Uh, I think I want to do the next one, a couple of issues. Uh, okay. So like tell a little bit longer story. The idea being, uh, you know, a long time ago, one of my buddies from high school was in a band, and they got, and eventually they got signed. But the reason they got signed is their second album, they did a rock opera, and in the rock opera, they played very different types of songs in a story. So it showed that they can write creatively, and it showed that they can play different types of music, and it showed that they had uh, a flexibility that they weren't just a one type band. Gotcha. And so I want to do multiple types of stories so that I have my own quote-unquote portfolio. So real quick, we got about a minute left in, this, in the show. For those who would be interested in purchasing a copy, if they haven't already, where can they find it? How can they purchase it? Yes, uh, IndiePlanet.com. Uh, and you can just search Another Day at the Office right there in the title, and it'll come up. Or if you're searching uh, you know, for stuff that I do under them, it'll be... Cojevini Productions, C-O-J-E-V-I-N-I. Is that your production company? That is. That's where, what I named it. Why, where did that come from? Uh, actually, so it's a it's a little it's a nice little tribute to my dad. Uh, when I would help him with stuff, his password for everything before he passed was Cojevini, which is the first two letters of all of his kids' names. Oh, okay. So it's C-O-J-E-N-I-V-I. So it's Corey, uh, Jenna, Nico, uh, Victoria, Nico. That's pretty neat. That's so a, I figured uh, that would be the name of the company. That's a pretty good. Um, 
ode to uh, I to think Pops so. There. Yeah, I thought it'd be nice. Good. That's gonna wrap up this edition of Nerd Thug Radio. We hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Come out to uh, Adventure Comics. Games. Adventure begins. Adventure comics begins. Comic games and more, and see us and celebrate Nico's twenty first birthday. If not, we'll be uh, coming back to you on Monday to wrap up the weekend and see how it went for you. You're listening to the Captain Joey Savage, Corey DLG. Same nerd thug time, same nerd thug channel.